Hey guys, and welcome back to Frontboards and Four Baggers. I'm Eddie with Cornhole Bag Reviews, and Corbin is out today. He had to work, so he's actually driving home. So I am all by myself today, but have an awesome guest. I have ACO Pro, NOLA sponsored player, Justin Duke. Thanks for joining me today, man. Uh, yes, sir. Anytime. Glad to be a part of it. So you are an ACO pro, but technically you're in like the top 110, 105 of ACL. You are still playing ACL regionals, going to opens, getting your ACL points. And I know ACL is kind of on the horizon for you, something that your um, goal is to do. Um, you are a NOLA sponsored player. So we've talked a little bit about NOLA bags. Shout out Billy Webb. I've talked to him a bunch about his bags. We're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the different NOLA bags. So we'll start with probably the most popular NOLA bag that exists, which is the uh, NOLA mud bug. So... I got a set of mud bugs here. Uh, he likes to call it a 3.8 speed. I find them pretty quick. Like, and maybe they get really dirty and really break down, but I find them like a 5.6 almost on the slow side. They're really hole friendly, but they're kind of quick on me um, compared to like, you know, a carpet kind of bag. Bead fill, yeah. 65 bucks plus shipping. So I know you've thrown these a bunch and you have your own bag that we'll get into next. But, you know, like, why do you think the mud bugs like the most popular bag? Uh, I mean, I've thrown them a little bit. And like I, like you said, I have my own Nola bag. So the mud bugs is uh, basically a buddy of mine, Cannon Hatchers. I think those are his like signature bags as the mud bugs, his and Maddie's. And um, I've thrown them a little when I play with him, but sometimes we'll switch my bags are faster. But uh, the mud bugs are so popular because I think it's the feel. Uh, like it, it just feels comfortable in your hand, you know, yeah. like. It it, it kind of reminds me like of a smaller bag in your hand, but it's I mean I know it's regular size, right? Mm -hmm. But but it just it's it's that feel I guess. And then you know people are starting to learn the flop and like the mud bugs flop a lot, mm -hmm. so like the young kids mm -hmm. are flopping, right? So the mud bugs I would say they're probably the top seller for Nola right now, and uh, I mean. That's just how that's how it is. Hey, you're saying the young kids, but I watch you throw some roll bags. Don't 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 act like you don't throw them every once in a while, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have to like you know. Last year I started, I went from Viper to Nola, uh, and uh, I went down to New Orleans at a regional ACL regional. It was my first one, and uh, I was rolling my Vipers, and that's where I learned to roll my my series Vipers like really well and you know I, it caught on it caught on then i switched the carpet and i only break it out every now and then so like i don't want people to know like i could do it a lot and then like because <laughs> i know i can airmail yeah. with you know with a lot of people so the rolling part is like i don't try to break that out as much as you know as a lot of people do sure so and i would say i think the people the reason you like a lot of people like the mud bugs most it's a fairly floppy bag but it's still pretty full so it almost like if you're like a carpet thrower and you like that big puffy hand feel but you don't necessarily want like a kicking machine you can still manipulate these but they're fairly friendly uh very hole friendly but it still gives you that nice big feel uh while, yeah while not being super uncomfortable yeah that's what i was saying like it's just it feels right in your hand you know like yeah it kind of it's got its own like feel but it's it's a fuller fuller bag so you, it's like you don't lose your grip with them so sure and that's why a lot of people are throwing them and the fast side on these this is the same fast side that's used on your bags of rougarous and the gators as well it's kind of an interesting fast side one thing that i'll uh, i'll give billy credit for is i don't think he copies anybody's materials because <laughs> no, every single material is <laughs> like some random ass material but uh this fast side is almost like cotton like it like pulls like a shirt 
you know, like it's got a yeah. little cotton beads in it almost, but <laughs> I mean, it plays good. It plays nice and quick, but it's just weird. It's very different than any other fast side I've tried. Yeah. It's just, it's Nola has his, like, he's his own guy. Like, he, you know, he don't try to copy nobody. And, and I think that's why a lot of people like him, man. I, I've never heard anything bad about Billy and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of Nola bags. Yeah. And uh, so then we'll move on to the Rougarou. So the Rougarous is your bag, your signature bag. I, I have a custom set myself. Super awesome. interesting, uh, like, material in this bag. I, I call this, again, very similar. I would say the Mudbugs, Gators, and Rougarous are all very similar on speeds. It's more what material do you like the feel of the most, the hand feel kind of thing. So I'd say, again, like a 3-4-8 kind of speed. But this slow <laughs> side is like, I mean, I don't know if it'll pick up on camera, but it's like textured. Like, you can see it on camera. It's like got these big bumps almost. It's similar to like a 9 <laughs> millimeter from kill shots almost like really rigid uh i mean they play great again you can manipulate them and whatnot but i know uh you definitely have to try them out to see if you'd like them or not because not everyone's gonna like the feel of this material yeah so uh i i went to billy and uh i said hey i you know he had the carpet so i like i said i went from series vipers to carpet bag so that's <laughs> like totally different right Polar opposites, yeah. yeah like so and uh, I never won a major with a series Viper. And, uh, you know, I've won um, a major this year, the big, almost one of the biggest ones that there was in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, it was like 400 some people, I think. Uh, but no, the Rougarou is just, it's different, man. It's, uh, I call it the, the like, a, it feels like a snake. Like, if you're rubbing a snake, <laughs> sure. I mean, scale, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's like the scales of a snake. And uh, sometimes, like, because I grip my bag so, like, different with the butterfly grip. But I put my, like I was telling you, like, I put my opposite ring finger, mm -hmm. like, up on the bag. And it rubs my my finger kind of, like, kind of raw. But, you know, it, it it's just different. Yeah, man. You get a solid it's grip different. It. Yeah, it's a it's different. It's a different, like, texture. And it, if you don't try them. You're not going to like them. Like yeah. it's one of those bags. Like if you don't learn how to like row or, you know, like when I first got them, my airmails was like bouncing out of the hose. And it was like, uh, you know, like I was, I was disappointed, but then like I broke them in, I broke them in, I, I kept throwing them and I was just going to take my losses with them or, you know, whatever happens. And uh, I got them broke in to where they're probably the most hoe friendliest bag that I own. Yeah. And um, I'm very pleased with them. And, you know, shout out to Billy for uh, making them for me. And, uh, you know, they're I want to say they're right there behind the mud bugs on selling right yeah. now. I, I mean, that's what I would call his second most selling bag is the Rougarous. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, very similar to any carpet bag. I mean, like you can't really judge a carpet bag until you've put 100 hours into the carpet bag. I mean, like if, I, if anyone's thrown a brand new Viking or even like a fair <laughs> when people say the Vikings broke in and then you throw like a pros Viking that's been nuked for like three months, you're like, Oh wow. That's a completely different bag. Like yeah. It's not even close to the same. And, and I felt your ruse cause I have these ones obviously, and I've put a little bit of work in them, but once you get this material to really break down more and so, and it's less, a little less rigid and, and it starts to slow down, like, you know, <laughs> some dirt will get caught up in there and really, cause I watched you, some of your gameplay that you're live streaming, your bags will stop. You know, these will slide pretty well for me and carpet does that. You got to get it to the point that it's, sticky a little bit and get in yeah, and you gotta learn like the carpet it kicks right so mm -hmm. like if you don't have a flat bag but i have one like 
me personally, I have a flat bag in my own opinion. And um, I'm learning to like block with them like on purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, it's worked, it's worked in my favor so far. Um, And then I'm learning my cut shots with them. And, you know, a carpet bag is going to kick, of course. And uh, that's, and I'm learning my kick and like where it starts to kick from, from the board. So again, just like you said, like a new BG Viking or something, it's going to kick if you, if you don't know how to throw it. Yeah. And I mean, kicking, I, I, it's hard for me to use the word kick with Viking because in my opinion, that's the whole point, like kicking, but that's also manipulability. Like if you're perfectly flat and you put an angle on a cover bag and it snaps left, (laughs) that's what you were trying to do. That's the whole goal. Yeah. You know? Uh, Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So, but I would say, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we started. I mean, like the reason that you've, maybe had more success. So the reason I just had success last weekend is if you have a good air mill and you could just throw blocks and start air milling, it's a lot easier to beat players that would just want to go hole for hole all day. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I that's can't why Matt Guy that. wins. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I mean, he's that he's next level good, but like, especially in your, you know, lower advanced, high competitive, mid advanced area. Like if, if you make all their shots harder, cause once you're in advance, everyone can slide four in the hole every single exactly. time, oh, close to every single time. Like they can do that. But it, how many players have the right to left cuts, the consistent air mails, the push throughs, every single bag, the, you know, like all these difficult shots. That's kind of where you're <laughs> forcing them to prove it every single round, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. now we can then do kind of his new bag. So it just came out uh, recently with the new stamping called the Swamp Waters. I've seen you throw a little bit with them in the live streams and you seem to really enjoy them. Even like brand new, you were throwing, throwing them super, super well, like not <laughs> even broken in. So yeah. Uh, so talk about, yeah, I mean. These are it, uh, the Swamp Waters. These are the newest bag out for NOLA. And uh, they're pretty sick, like, design on them. And um, I would say the fast, you know, the slow side is probably like a, when I was throwing them brand new, you know, uh, I'd say like a five, five maybe. Yeah, I think that's and then the, fa- the fast side is like an eight to nine. So, like, it's a good push-through bag. Um, these are broken in now. So, but the weather here has not gave me a chance to throw again since the day I I did a deck around. I threw an 89 with them, but like again, that was brand new. I was trying to push shots. I was trying to airmail drags and stuff like that. So, an 89 with brand new bags. I mean, yeah, I've thrown a hundred and something before, but that's with broken in bags and yeah. just going hope for hope. So, I was very pleased with them. Um, I think my next. Um, I want to say my next regional ACL regional, I'm going to throw them and, you know, we'll see what we can do with those. Yeah. And I would say for NOLA, you know, this is their newest pro stamp bag. And I would say the only pro stamp bag they have in the lineup that isn't a carpet bag. So I think they're trying to branch out a little bit into someone that maybe is used to the surefire, the deadhead, the somewhere in that, you know, middle middling speed. But again, these materials aren't your surefire materials, not your deadhead materials. They just play very similarly. He's taking kind of his own little twist and finding the materials that he likes with it. But from what you've been saying, they, they feel pretty nice and they throw pretty nice in hand and, and, uh, and he likes to call it a, a grain fill, like a little bit of a different fill than what yeah. he's using in his carpet bags. Yeah. So I got that confused the other day when I was trying to explain like on my live feed and, uh, he says it's, uh, more fuller than my Rougarou. And that's just, you know, that was crazy to me because like, I was like, the Rougarou is the most full bag I've ever <laughs> felt in my life. So, and when he said these are more full, I was like. You know, like I was confused, but but after you like get them broke down and uh, ready to throw, like you know, 
tournament ready, I could feel it now and then then in my Rougarou. So, I I mean, he makes the bags, right? So so he knows. I just throw them. Well, and it all depends on the fill. I mean, if it is that fine, you know, and and for everyone listening, like I haven't got my hands on a set yet, so I don't have a per like you know I haven't felt them or got my opinion. But when, <sighs> when when I think fine grain fill, I think zero gravity Neptune. I think you know like that small sand fill that kind of the perk of it is when you get that handhold, it really makes it like you shake it out and it makes like a solid brick in your hand. Like it's really not super beady. Like it kind of grips together nicely, which, uh, you know, we haven't really seen in that middling speed surefire realm is kind of that sand fill. So, I mean, it could, you know, depending on how it feels and how it plays it, that could be a differentiating factor and, and, and make it stand out in its own light in terms of full friendliness and whatnot. Yeah. So, but like, I don't know. I don't know how people do it, you know, like four fingers. <laughs> Four fingers? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Then I mean, you can see it. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, not it's too not bad. Like, it is a little fuller. Too, yeah. Yeah, it's fuller. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, I don't know. We're going to, like, when I was doing the deck round, though, like, it would, like, if I threw it to the side, it would still catch the hoe and, like, spin around. Sure. Like, sure. A, like a, like a, uh, what are those bags? Uh, the cats. Oh, sure. Like, I, I've thrown cats before. Yeah. And like they'll wrap around the hole and like go in through the back or something. So like it kind of reminded me of that when I was throwing them. Nice. So yeah, uh, no, I'm stoked. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have said good things that have gotten them. So definitely check out those. Oh, there's new bags, seventy bucks plus shipping on the website. And uh, again, everything's always in stock. And Billy's a really really cool guy. So I know I met all you guys up at Triple Crown. We had a lot of. F- fun time playing and, and, and Billy, and that's kind of where the, this came from and whatnot, but I know Billy's another really great guy in the cornhole world. So we'll go a little bit into you as a cornhole player. So we'll talk a little bit about the backstory. So we'll start with, you know, how did you get into cornhole? How long has it been? And, and where'd you, where'd you kind of start? Uh, so I started, um, let's see, this will be my second year playing. Like I'd say like a year and a half, uh, competitively, but like two years altogether. Like I started in a church league, and, um, man, I used to wad my bag up like this and <laughs> throw, throw it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I played a lot of like travel softball, men's softball. And, uh, my, you know, just one of my buddies, my old partner was, was like, man, you want to try cornhole? And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Well, we ended up winning a cornhole like league at a church that my buddy, Justin Craven went, uh, that he ran, he's an ACL director now. But uh, we end up winning that tournament with some uh, game changers. Of course. So <laughs> everyone starts yeah, that's with like, goddamn game changers, dude. Like that was yeah. my first bags too. It's like, and I think at the time though we was throwing like, uh, I want to say we was throwing like some sandbags. It, sure. Like you would throw them yeah. and like <laughs> they would pop out sand. So uh, my buddy was like, I was like, hey, can we use these? And then like all of a sudden my bag was starting to get like twisted and I was like, I think I could be pretty good at this. So, <laughs> so after that, uh, he was like, you want to travel and play? And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. So one thing led to another, um, my buddy, Brandon Sparks, my old partner, he was like, let's travel and play. So, you know, we started traveling and, um, he's like, you going to give up softball for this? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, but then I started getting my hand on some money, like, you know, during some tournaments. And I was like, man, I think I'm going to give up softball. And he's like, no, nah, no way. And um, one thing led to another. I went to Worlds, ACO Worlds, and uh, I did really well. And, uh, man, one thing led to another. And 
like stuff started falling into place and I gave up softball. And I haven't stepped on a field in a long time. And, uh, I just, I'm not looking back. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, like crazy, man. I mean, I talk to people all the time that like, you know, cause I'm a big bowler and I played softball for years and a bunch of other stuff. There's not many hobbies as an, I'm a golfer too. Right? There's not many hobbies as an adult that you can go out on a Wednesday night and then leave with more money than when you went to it after paying exactly. the bar tab. <laughs> you know so yeah so i mean it's you know when i so like my first year when when i started traveling i'd go to blind draw every night like every single night here in memphis and uh man i'd come home like in a week i think i made like 500 some dollars in a week and just blind draws and i was like what why am i working like if i I could do this every time so i eventually uh quit working uh to say the least and um I made a career out of it last year and I was winning all the time, like regionals and uh, I never won a major, but I was always, I got pretty close and um, you know, I have a a great support system with my wife and uh, she travels wherever I go. Like I said, and um, you know, it's when you have a good support system, like I drove Lyft. I don't know if you know what that is. So I drove Lyft here in Memphis and it, it paid really well. And uh then I got to, you know, I was my own boss. So I, you know, I stopped anytime I wanted. And uh, one thing led to another, man. And I, uh, I just drove lift and played blind draws through the week. So, nice. That's awesome. I, I that's, mean, that's the goal, man. I, I, none of us, I want to, I don't want to sit in an office no more. So I'm trying to, that's why I'm doing the podcast. I'm just <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I have a full time job now, uh, but they work with me like when I need to travel. So, I mean, I work for the city and uh, they're very lenient with me. Nice. So, so there's no reason not to work and make, you know, that hourly rate that I make. And then I get to still get off at four o'clock in the afternoon and do whatever I have to do that night. And, nice. You know, nice. so that's awesome. Um, so, when did you know you kind of wanted to try to go pro? I mean, was it just like natural progression? Like, Hey, I'm getting kind of good at this. I'm doing good at regionals. Like, do I want to take it as far as I can? Or when, when were you kind of like, Oh crap. Like I could actually like do this. Yeah. So, uh, like, I, like I said, we'll go, like I went to worlds, uh, my first year and I finished like 17th overall. And, uh, all you had to do in ACO was win two games out of full play at worlds to become a pro it's like the top regular season is top 80 to make pro if you make it with points and stuff but like if you don't do that like i finished like 330th or something like that and i went into worlds with my mindset like all i I have to do is win two games right well i end up beating like a lot of people and then i end up losing like austin cameron yeah you know he's a huge name in the acl or just you know cornhole Anyways, and then I moved down in the loser's bracket. I've already won two games in the winner's bracket, so I'm already, I've already set my own go. But I also had another go going into Worlds who I wanted to play and who I wanted to beat. And uh, it's a really good buddy of mine. He's my partner uh, a lot. And um, I got the chance to play him in the loser's bracket, and uh, I came out on top like 21 to like 11. So I set another go of mine as beating Josh Glover. And, um, you know, one thing led to another. I lost the next game to Jamie Finchelman, but I set my goal. Like, I wanted to be a pro. I knew I could. I, my bag was just, you know, great at that time. And uh, 
one thing led to another and uh, I became a pro and I've been a pro ever since an ACO for two years now. So what's the biggest difference? So going to, you know, an ACL Open, ACL Regionals, qualifying for these, whatever it is, what do you think is the biggest difference between competing in the ACO and competing in the SEL, whether it's the type of event or just the competition in general? Uh, So, all right. So like ACO has, it has your good players, right? Like Austin Cameron, Caleb Hurt, you know, there's there's a bunch that I'm not going to, you know, say or get into. But, you know, those are two of the big names over here. Um, ACL, you cannot go to an open and just say, hey, I'm going to beat that guy right there. Like, you know, like you don't know who you're playing over there unless it's a big name. There's so many good players in the ACL. And ACO, too, I'm not saying – I'm not – you know, I'm yeah. not – Comparing whatever, I'm not going to do that. But, um, but ACL, you just cannot walk up and say, "I have this game in the bag." You know, like sure. in the in the ACL, there's certain people that are like scared. Like if they're just now starting, they're like scared to play the big names. You know, like sure. I I know you have that in ACL too, but. Man, there's so many people in ACO. Like you don't know everybody. Yeah, and I think there's in ACO, no... like that is very true. Like the, the actual group that travels to the events <laughs> is kind of a smaller knit fan. Like you, you know, most of the people that show up to an ACO major, where like you walk yes. up to the boards, and be like, all right, I kind of know what bags he's probably going to be throwing. Like well, what type of game style he is, and then you can like mentally prepare. Like all right, I got to play this way. I got to in, in order to beat them. In ACL, it's like you go into rounders, and you're like, oh, I've never. T- heard these two guys and they both shoot a 10 ppr and kill you and you're like who the hell are these guys <laughs> yeah it's like it's crazy man and uh like you know um i in kansas city uh i played um to get to the winner's final i played uh carson bennett do you yeah. know him mm-hmm. he's a big daddy guy and uh it was i was up 19 to 11 and um i threw like a I want to say a 9.9 PPR or close to like right out of 10. And I end up losing 21 to 19. <laughs> and we both throw like 128 bags a piece. And oh like, a, I'm like, you know, it's my fault that I lost, but how can you be mad when you throw a 10 PPR and you lose? Like, yeah. you know, like I understand, but it is what it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like if I throw a 10 in ACO, that's, you're it's probably going to win a lot of games. Yeah, you're probably yeah. going to win most games. Oh. Yeah. I mean, do we had one? I was doing commentary at this last Open, and there was a game, Mark uh, Mark Richards versus Ryan Windsor. And I think they're, me and Wally were having to kill time because they both made like 40 bags in a row or something. Like, we were just <laughs> yeah. like, like, oh, okay, 20 minutes later, it's still 10 to 10. <laughs> just, yeah, like I, I've had a chance to play both of those guys, and I love both of them to death. I talked to them outside of Cornhole. And yeah. It's just, um, they're they're great guys and, and obviously great players. Yeah. So then, you know, being a pro, like how much do you think you're traveling? Are you like it is it a couple times a month? Like, I mean, how often right now are you traveling around to play? <clears throat> so right now I've this will be this coming week will be my two weeks that I'm taking off. I'm not throwing like I threw the other day to like right to to break in the swamp waters or give a review on them. But uh, I'm not trying to play at all this two weeks. Uh, I'm trying to spend time with my family, get my head right for the upcoming events. And, um, you know, Cornhole's mental. Um, <clears throat> you got to take breaks. I know people that play all the time. But uh, me, personally, I haven't played as near as much as I want to this year uh, with, with a new job, 
um, you know, we're, we're planning vacations and, uh, stuff like that. And I'm spending time with my kids and, um, it's just, you know, family stuff that's come up and, uh, you know, it's just stuff you got to take care of. And, you know, I, I've been to like three majors in the ACO. I've won two of them. And, um, uh, I'm going to go to Vegas next yeah, the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one coming up and that's going to be my fourth major. If I do good there, it knocked me out of the top 40 by not playing so much right now in the ACO, but I'm not worried because like if I, when I go to my fourth major, I've already had three good majors. Yeah. So like in the ACO, you have to have like certain amount of points or whatever to make top 40. And that's where you don't have to pay for nothing at worlds. Yeah. And isn't it also like to an ACO, it's kind of like you only get a set number of regionals, a set number of majors for like your placings or whatever. So like if you win four or something, you're like, well, it's not even I don't even need to play anymore because that's my best four kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So ACO is like you go to four majors, you do your, you know, your top finishes and then you can only go to you can go as many regionals as you want, but you can only they only take your best uh, eight this year. So I've only been to like nine regionals and like three majors. So I think I've done more ACL this year than I have ACO. Okay. But like when I go to Vegas next week or two weeks, uh, if I do good in a major, that will be my last major for the year. And then I'll show up to Worlds and, you know, try sure. to be king of cornhole. But, uh, but after I do my fourth one and I make top 40, there's just really no – like that's your go for the year. The, sure. I mean, sure. you want to be player of the year, right? But – if you can't travel as much as these guys trying to top out as much, there's really no point of trying because they're already there. Well, and it's also so, when we go into, I mean, if you're trying to qualify for ACL, I mean, those are two different point systems with different events. So, I mean, you kind of, you can't burn yourself out and playing like a hundred of each, you know, trying to max both. Yeah. Statuses, it, so. And here in Memphis, it's more ACO than ACO. So like my closest, um, stuff acl we'll have one here every like every other month or something but my closest thing is jeff Ritzberg's down in mississippi it's like three and a half hours away just a regional sure and like the opens are you know yeah few all far across. between all of it yeah, yeah so but you know i've been to two opens and i have a a third in my bracket and then i have a fifth in my bracket so I've I've got a lot of points in my open and um I'm I'm pretty satisfied and I've got a great conference. Sure. I think I got um fourth in my bracket. Uh out of you know, I think I got eighth overall. So and I play in one of the toughest conference uh there is sure. that I that I think is the mid south conference. You know, you got your guys, you got um Yeah, Grant, you got Damon Grant. Dennis yeah, and all, Dennis, all yeah. them. So like it's not easy competing against those guys. So yeah, but that's what makes you better though. Cause if you, if you're yeah. used to competing with them all the time, you go to an open or a national and you're like, well, I'm already used to playing all the top guys anyway. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, so, what, what else and, can I prepare for? And I think right now, like ACL, I'm been to two opens, regionals, you know, conference. I think I'm sitting at one Oh six overall. And I mean, that's a big jump in, you know, ACL for me because this is my first year trying to, you know, become pro over there. And uh, I still have another conference to go to, a state tournament to go to, and uh, I still got some local points to get. So I'm not too worried, like, trying to be trying to make it in points, uh, but um, I'm going to try my hardest to do it with points instead of trying to go 
through the gauntlet at Worlds. So. so so then, I mean, I guess we'll we'll divert a little bit and go to so qualifying for the ACL for anyone who's like out there trying to qualify or X Y Z. How does the point system work? Like, where do you have to end up? And then is it an application based on your points, or how does that system kind of work? And then obviously you talked about the gauntlet. We'll get into that, but how does the point part work for uh, ACL Pro qualification? ACL. ACL. Yeah. Okay. So I think if. I've gotten told like they take the top 50, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, if there's pros already in there that qualify, they'll take those out and then go down the list like, you know, 51 and so on. Okay. So uh, I got told you want to finish around like the 100 mark, 150. I'm Now, I'm not saying that's right. So sure. don't take me for, you know, granted on that, but. So it's the top uh, 50 non-pro in the standings based on points or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It might be 40. I, I'm not quite sure on the points because I haven't really got into detail about that. I'm just – Billy will tell me a little bit, and then I'll ask, you know, a couple of buddies that are already pros. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but then, like, if you don't make it there, um, you could put in a resume, I believe, and they'll take certain mounts. I think it's six. And um, that, and then they got that pro development stuff. Yeah, the I don't PDC. Know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what's the uh, what's the gauntlet at Worlds? So gauntlet, is, it's called the qualifier, really, but I call it the gauntlet because <laughs> hell, you don't know who you're gonna play. <laughs> so, um, the gauntlet is, I think you have to go <clears throat> six and zero, oh, five and one, and some maybe four and twos that make it. But you have to like score a lot of points to go four and two and not give up a lot, you know. Sure. But like if you go six and zero and five and one, you're pretty much in as a pro. And um, you know, I it's gonna be hard. Like <laughs> I know a lot of people that are coming over from the, you know, from the other division and people that's not gonna make pro with points. They're gonna be down there playing. So it's not gonna be easy, man. It's uh, it's definitely gonna be a difficult uh, task to, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, and where the game's at right now, I mean, like, I think I was talking to, man, I forget who I was talking to, but they were telling me that uh, 15,000 new people are coming to Cornell, like finding Cornell per month, like in terms of like, oh, going from backyard to fi- trying a blind draw or trying, the, you know, it's 15,000 new people a month, right? Where it's like the game's just exploding at this massive scale. And and this is just the beginning. It's going to keep exploding when ESPN, you know, the more ESPN coverage and all that kind of stuff. But you're starting to see these, I mean, even young kids, 12 to 14, that'll just kill you because <laughs> oh, yeah. all they do is sit outside and throw all day, you know, and they're yeah, just that good. I'd rather play a kid than I, I like, than like a really, you know, good, uh, like pro, you know what I mean? Like kids have no nerves. So like yeah, if they beat you, they beat you, yeah. but it's like, if they lose, they don't really care. So like they, it's just, I'd rather play like, you know, the guys or you know jamie graham or trey birchfield i, I mean i really play those guys then walk up to a board and, and i'm like i don't know your name but 
you're a 12 year old, you're a 14 year old. Yeah. And, and then, but the problem gonna, is they don't have any nerves. They're just like, they're just like, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to beat you. Like just yeah. get ready for it. So that's like Alex Hicks. I mean, like he gets done with his winner's finals game. He goes to play Fortnite on the computer. Cause he's just like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, whatever. I just he's beat either going to play Fortnite or he's going to beat you in a cash game. He's going to go find a cash game at 12 years old. <laughs> his <laughs> so. dad's walking around with the wallet. Like, all right, where's he going with his yeah, top to put dog money in it? Because he's not going to lose any. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just crazy how consistently good that kid is. But Oh, man, it's unreal. Um, and the kid's like, he's humble about it, too. Like, you don't yeah. hear him. He don't show no emotion. Like, no, at all. And he doesn't crazy. even look like, I mean, like, I would say in the guy game, uh, like the really long guy game, you could tell towards the end that he started to realize the gravity of like the game. Cause it was like this long drawn out thing, but it seems like every game he plays, he's just kind of like, yeah, cares? <laughs> like, like I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. I yeah. don't care. So he's like, I don't know. I'm just going to hit like 60 rolls in a row. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's an easy game. It's a, it's a great kid. He's a great kid though, man. Yeah. Like even off the boards, like he'll talk to you or, you know, if you got a question, he'll answer it. And you know, it's just, He's yeah, just a kid. A good thing to say. I mean, even, yeah, and for that age, for that many people to like, I mean, asking him for autographs or something. I mean, like, dude, I can't imagine like being that young and like having to be kind of like an adult early, you know? I mean, you yeah, know, like show yourself mature at that age. You know, because everybody's watching. Yeah. All eyes are on him right now. And him and Mark Richards, man. And, you know, dude. of course, Matt Guy, but, you know, Mark Richards is almost there. Like he's, he's there. Yeah. He's a rookie, man. And, uh, I, I put him in top three right now overall. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I just commentated his singles. I mean, he was there in singles and doubles, but in singles um, and doubles. But I would say the, the thing that you notice is like he's getting now that look on his face where he's like, I've been here before. So he's not nervous anymore. Cause like yeah. even in doubles, you could tell Philip Lopez had maybe hasn't been in those situations as much because he you could <clears throat> see the nerves a little bit more on him when he was shooting against Jimmy. But like Mark, every round is just like yeah, <laughs> just make them all. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, I've had a chance to play uh, Philip and Mark at the same time in doubles, and you know I played them both in singles. And uh, let's just say I've not beat either one of them yet. Right, <laughs> so, <laughs> they're very good. Yeah. They are, and I give those guys much respect, man. I love them. You oh, know, they're both even, super nice guys. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's that's the best part is when you can be that good but still be like fun to hang around with. You know, that's right. Um. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think is the hardest part about you know being a pro? Is it is it consistency? Is it travel? Is it you know the type, mental game? Like, what do you think is the hardest part about consistently being top? It's definitely uh, consistency. Like for like me, like if I you know if I don't hit a shot that. I expect to hit eight out of 10 times. I'm, I get a little frustrated and, I, and I'm working on that, but that's the, that's the two weeks I'm taking off. Like I'm, I'm preparing, like, you know, I'll prepare for the worst and um, like I'll prepare for like, you know, I'll go outside and miss a shot that I usually hit. And, and I'm trying to like not show no emotion. So like I'm working on that at home. And uh, the second part is, man, you uh, it's the traveling. Like it's, it, it tires you out. And, and I think that's why like, I've taken a break and, um, um, this year, like overall, like that's why I ain't take, that's why I haven't traveled as much as I want to. It's just mentally. And then, um, it can take a toll you at home too. Like you're never at home or, you know, you're not spending enough time with your family and, and stuff like that. 
I you got to keep that in mind. Like it's just a game. Yeah. And uh, it's always going to be here. So like if you take a year off, it's going to be there the next year you come or get ready to play again. Right. So for me, I'm a family man. And uh, my if you don't have family, you don't have nobody at all. Yeah. And um, like I've said before, like if it wasn't for my wife and the support system that I have through her, uh, I wouldn't get to do what I do. Yeah. And uh, that's just how I feel. Man, uh, no, that's that's awesome, and I, I like that too because it's like uh, with you know a lot of people think like oh like to get good obviously obviously practicing helps in practice but I feel like once you're good or at a top or tier like I feel like a lot of that is the mental toughness right like you're getting used to the mental reps of like competing against top players and like knowing you can do the shots I feel like if you took a year off like even if it took you a little bit to get maybe your rhythm back, it's like, you don't lose that mental toughness, right? Where it's like, you can come back and be like, I know I can do it. I I just have to put in a couple, you know, time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more like, it's more like riding a bike. And uh, I I use that example because you're never going to not learn how to ride a bike. So you can get on a bike, you know, now, and I haven't rode a bike in heck, I'd probably say 10 years, probably. I mean, you're not going to stop knowing how to ride a bike, right? So you're not going to stop knowing how to throw a bag underhand. You might not have, like you said, your rhythm, but it's always going to come back to you. Yeah. That's just like, you know, I went and played my alumni basketball game uh, Sunday, and uh, I haven't played basketball in three years. You know, I played college basketball, and I played college sports all through – I mean, basketball all through high school and college. You know, I had played in like two or three years and uh, I went, you know, and I still showed out like, oh, yeah, your you know, it's, still uh, there, you know, it's like, my shot. I didn't hit any the first quarter, but I still finished with like 30 something points. And like, it's just it's 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 like riding a bike, man. You're not going to learn. You're you're not going to stop knowing how to shoot a basketball or, you know, throw a bag or, you know, ride a bike like I'm saying. And it just all comes back to you. It's all mental. Yeah. And uh, if you if you don't think you could do it, like I live, there's a saying in my house, can't can't ever do nothing. Right. So if you say you can't do this, your mindset's already gone. Like, sure. Sure. No, I, I like that. And so moving on a little bit back to like playing. So I, I won't necessarily say specific pros, but is there a type <laughs> of type of player like strategies, pacing, type of bag that you play poorly and well against like is there a specific player that you walk to the board you're like oh i gotta wait for this guy to take 12 seconds in between every shot or (laughs) like that's what screws with me or is it like you know is there like a type of player that you just struggle to play against um i've played him in doubles and i've beat him in doubles but it's something in singles man and i'm a singles player i think everybody knows that uh it's frank Moglin, and it's (laughs) kill you with kindness and it's and it's nothing against the guy. I love the guy, but I think it's for me. It's the step through right that he has. It's not. It's not as bad as some other people that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not. I'm not used to it because you couldn't do it in ACO. Yeah. So like it's it's taken me some time to get like used to seeing people like throw the bag and then cross the line, and he does it so well, and you can't get mad at him because he's so nice, but. It's it's not against the rules either, right? So yeah. it's taking me some time, and I think I'll get there with you know people crossing the line and stuff like that. But Frank Marlin's probably like he's on my agenda to beating, but uh, but 
but yeah, he's probably my number one. Like I cannot just, I can't, th- I can't throw against him, man. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, so I step over the line a little bit, like, you know, on hard pushes. I actually had a conversation, I, you know, it was big on Facebook, like what, two weeks ago or something after that, yeah. you know, it just blew up. Right. And my opinion on it is I, I think making it illegal, like an ACO is, is <laughs> more worse than it is better in terms of like, but with restrictions in terms yeah. of like when you go for a really hard push, it's really hard to not step over the line. Like all your it momentum's is. going forward, right? So like yeah. I found myself, I played in an ACO major. I was going like this like half the time because I'm not <laughs> used to it, right? So I feel like it's, for my opinion, it's okay within reason to go a little past. And Frank, as a good example, he gets back really quickly. Like he's he not standing out there doing stuff, right? So I think there deserves to be some kind of, either time-based or just respect-based where like you shouldn't be taking three steps and going no. somewhere else. I mean, like, dude, it's not like, it's not like you're throwing a something as hard as you can and you need to <laughs> yeah. fly forward. I mean, it's not like target practice where you, <laughs> you're yeah. throwing like a football into a hole and you're trying to get your follow through. Well, it's also not, you're, you weren't like full sprinting to the line and now you have to slow yourself down with four steps. It's like, okay, man, you're a bit exaggerated, but I can understand why it would, you know, for me like this weekend, it's when the people have the bags on the front of the board and they reach down to pick it up when it's like, when I'm in like my backswing throwing. Right. So like, yeah, I, I played against a dude that I like, then right when we were doing down and backs, I was like, okay, in singles, I was like, I actively have to wait for you to pick your bag up and hold it before I even get in my motion. Because every time I would throw, I'm like, I see your dang shoulder coming down my yeah. zone, so bro. I have not played nobody that does that yet. Oh, and man. that's weird to me because, you know, Brett God does that or he used to. And I think Matt keeps his at the front of the board. No, he holds his bags. No, he puts his on the back because Matt steps. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I haven't ran across anybody that picks up the bag, but like I said, it's just, it's the step through for me right now, and uh, I'll work on that, and yeah. I'll get it. I'll get it taken care of. You need, you need your uh, wife to come outside and just step through <laughs> constantly while you're warming up. Just yeah, like, just, like, just keep walking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, just, yeah. But uh, uh, no, that that's it for me. And uh, player wise, I mean, yeah, it's Frank. But my like, do you got anybody's number? Uh, like beating wise, yeah. Um. Like ACL or ACO? Anybody. Do you, you want to put anybody on blast that so you got their number? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I keep that to myself. Because anybody in this game, man, anybody can be beat. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, uh, and I have beat some big names. And um, um, I mean, and it I all comes down to who's hot that day, man. I mean, again, it's a, it's a simple game that just is like the I, – I tell people all the time, in my opinion, cornhole is the game of um, missed opportunities more than it is the game of mistakes, right? Where like if you ever film your, film your gameplay and go back and watch it afterwards or when you go live stream, if you ever go back and watch it, like you think like, oh, like you look at the scoreboard where it has a little graph and you're like, okay, 10-10 wash, 9-9 wash, 8-8 wash, like all these washes. But when you wash it back, you're like, oh, I missed a bag off the back. Like there's three. There's two. I yeah. missed my last bag. There's two. No one likes to think about like – they like to think, oh, I gave up a five. It's like, but you missed four twos before that. So like you would have yes. been up like eight to five, you know? I always look at like for stupid shots, you know, like – if there's a bag hanging in the hole, I'm probably going to shoot it and try to drag yeah, me it. Me too. <laughs> so, so it's like chances like that, and when I could have slid in and got one, right? And then I and then I miss it, and then I lose by one. You know, like sure. I'm like, all right, let me work on that too. But you know, it's it, it depends on who I play. 
if I take shots like that. Like if I be stupid or, you know, if I, I'll take my one or, you know, stuff like that. But there's those games where you have like. You got some room to give maybe. and, and Yeah, you like you'll, you'll play – You'll play like a beginner that wants to try to compete up there with like all of us pros and stuff. But like, you know, deep down, like you're down and back and stuff that he's trying really hard, but you're like goofing off. Sure. And then like, you know, your first down, like your first round and second round, you're going in the hole a lot, but he's like, you could tell he's nervous and like going off the board or on an open board, he's doing something crazy. So you 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 could tell like your first round or two what you could do and what you can't do. In my opinion, I like the airmail drag um, to stymie momentum. Is a lot of time if I go for it. Like if I have a dude that's just banging bag after bag and he has all this momentum, and then you hit an airmail drag to either wash or maybe get a point back or something. I feel like it could really like like it's like one of those big shots that you're like, whoof, like switch the momentum yeah. like immediately. You know, like well, it's like it's like when when I put my blocker and then I go airmail airmail. And then he goes like airmail, airmail. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking like, do I push my bag in or do I go airmail again and just <laughs> leave it? And, yeah. and like confusing, like, why didn't I, you know, like, why didn't I try to push my bag in? Because usually when that happens, because I've had that certain situation happen and then like I'll miss my push, but I'll push my bag in, but I'll go off the back and yeah, I'll give, give up, up three. three. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like. Well, and it's so weird like between like high competitive and like advanced and then pro, right? Because like I would say in everywhere that isn't pro, if you lay a block, the first response should always be block behind, right? Yeah. Until you get to a level where your airmail is so good that you're like, I'm just going to make them all, right? Yeah. Where you're like block, okay, I'll just airmail. But like <laughs> yeah. in competitive or advanced even, it's like, oh, block. Well, I need to block behind because the push through is easier than an airmail for yeah. most of these players, right? So in that scenario, you don't have this fourth bag push chance because there's always gummed up boards, right? So, yeah. but I, I mean, I guess when you get to the level, you're like, I'm just going to airmail constantly. Like Matt <laughs> yeah. Guy, like, oh, it's halfway in the hole. I don't want to push that. I'll just airmail. Yeah. <laughs> Just try to airmail and like let him push it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, that's just how I see things sometimes. So we'll try. We'll go into a little bit about your throwing style. So I obviously with your background in a church league, you're crumpling it like a ball and just flipping it. How the heck do you get into butterfly? Because in my opinion, butterfly is like the most like not normal way to hold a bag. Like it's not natural. Like you know, grabbing a yeah. bag would be. So how do you get into butterfly? Do you have somebody show it to you and it just works? Uh, man, I I really like I so. Me personally, like I'll I'll flop my bag like this, like while I'm waiting on somebody to like throw. Yep. And I'm thinking about what I need to do, what I need to do. But mine, I like push the beads all the way down at the bottom and then like do the butterfly grip. Yep. I don't know if a lot of people do that. I know Jamie Graham would like put the bag flat. Yeah, some like to hold it flat and then pull on it or something. Yeah, pull on it. Settle it. Yeah. Yeah, but me, I, I put my beads all the way at the bottom. And then I'll put my thumb on top of the beads and uh, then I'll release. And uh, that's just after the church league, I think I practiced that. And that's just what I've, I've, you know, just, that's just what I've done ever since. Yeah. I would say the butterfly, um, most people that throw a butterfly, either you're perfectly flat or you have a little bit of a right to left kick tilt on it, uh, which lends to the back, the roll bag, the back load, the cut, all that kind of shots that come with the butterfly grip. Um, so your bag naturally has that little right to left curve on it. Yeah. So when I throw my butterfly grip, uh, like you said, it's either going to be as flat as possible 
like one round it'll be flat as possible and then the next round it's like <laughs> it's kicking uh left every single time and i'm like i what can't stop staying <laughs> off the left side like what is going on and then like the next round be flat as possible again and but then you have those rounds where like you throw it and it's like a little wobbly coming out because your thumb catches it and it like hits in front of the board but somehow goes in the hole sure and you're like <laughs> like what is going on yeah <laughs> like, yeah um, but I mean, so you've obviously found very, a lot of consistency with it. It's becoming a lot more common. I would say like, I, I, we're either at halfway or even more than halfway of players that throw on butterfly. Now I think the older generation, like, you know, your Damon Dennis's, even down to your Frank model, like I would say that generation of age, all throw 50, 50 grip, you know, just like the normal grip. Cause they've been yeah. doing it for 20 years. Um, but I would say every, almost all the new generation butterflies. Yeah. I mean, I would even say like Matt guy still holds it like he was just holding yeah. it. I mean, his bag is not flat at all. Yeah. And it's just like he knows his own kick. And that's how mine is. Yeah. Yeah. I know like the left to right kick. It's all good. You can't, like, you can't block players like that. Like, you don't know how his bag's going to kick, but he knows, like, if you put up a blocker, he's going to straight air middle, anyways. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the reason he doesn't push through because he's like, well, I don't you know don't if it's going to kick straight through. So yeah. he's like, I'm just going to air mail. <laughs> so, but it's just crazy to me. So obviously you're with Nola bags, you got the Rugurus. So I mean, you were in you live in Tennessee. So how did you get hooked up with Billy Webb and Nola? And how did this opportunity come into place to to work with Nola? Uh so I didn't have anything uh when I first started, like a lot of people. And um I was texting a buddy of mine, Chris Seaton. He was like sponsored a little bit by Nola. And um I was like, hey man, I'm you know, I'm getting into it. you know, any bags or you know, anybody wanting to sponsor anybody. And he's like, man, let me, you know, hook you up with Billy Webb. He's from New Orleans. And I was like, all right, you know, cool. So Billy, uh, I reached out to Billy and, you know, Billy with the, the guy that he is, he, he sent me like three sets of category threes and category ones or something like that. And, um, at first, man, I, I couldn't throw them and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a speed or, you know, what, and I just told him up front, like, I couldn't throw them. And um, I had to stick to my vipers. <clears throat> and um, one thing led to another, and he came up with some more bags. And uh, I started wearing the apparel a lot. And, you know, one thing led to another. And now we're here two years later. Nice. And uh, now I've got my own bag out. And, um, you know, it won a huge major. And then after the major, it like the Rougarous just took off. And uh, I want to say, you know, I think I've had the white and red ones come out, my Duke bags. I don't know if you got a set of those, but. Uh, I've seen your <clears> with the with the, the white and coyote looking thing on it that says Duke on <laughs> it, whatever the heck that thing is. I'd... Yeah, so I have my own. Um, it's the Rougarou when it first got started. Uh, it's, it's got my last name on it and it was like four different colors. Okay. And then, uh, I sold out of those man within like <clears throat> a month, I think. And, uh, then the white and red ones come out and, uh, those sold out. And then he got me some, um, bubble gum and cotton candy ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen those. Those are sweet. Okay. So you've seen those and you know, those sold out and, um, I mean, you know, I'll, that's just all you can ask for is a guy to, you know, I told him one day we're going to be at the top and uh, I'm going to stick with him. 
you know, he was my first ever sponsor and it's going to take a lot for me to leave. Yeah. Billy. Yeah. And, well, that's um, awesome. Even then, you know, I don't think I'll do it because, you know, he just gives me, he's always there for me. And, you know, he's more than a sponsor to me. He's like a good friend of mine and my family. And, and uh, well, we talk about it all the time, you know, I, I bring I feel like I bring this up in every single podcast, but again, Cornhole is like growing at a massive scale in terms of uh, the relationships that you make now are more important than the money because five, 10 years from now, like those relationships are what's going to matter, you know, because how many more people are going to join the fray? Well, it's like, but you weren't here at the beginning. You don't have those like that kind of connection. And, you know, and if, yeah. you're, if you're just jumping for the money, it's like, well, you're not making those connections that that'll help you later on. Yeah. It, it, so like it took me a while to like make friends, you know, like I was so competitive and um, I just didn't like myself. Like I was losing friends and like I talked to my wife and, you know, I, I didn't like that like that in me. So I changed my whole life around, you know, got baptized. And um, I think I've been living right uh, ever since. And, uh, you know, I've got friends that I lost, but I've gained back. So like that means more to me than winning, you know, as much money as I did last year or. Hey, but you're finding success after doing that too. So, I mean, obviously your mental game's a lot maybe clearer or like more positive and it's helped you, it seems. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like when I take time off, it's not taking time off of like what I want to do, but like it's time off with my family and, you know, it's mental. Like I've said before, it's you, you've got to have time off, man. Like if you don't, your, your whole mindset's not right. Like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And, um, and I don't want to live like that. You know, like my family's more important to me than, you know, $60,000 or, you know, whatever I won, you know, but if I can continue to make friends and make $60,000 in cornhole, then I'm living, you know, the right life. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I look forward to. You know, I can share that, you know, money with my wife or my kids or, you know, and go on vacation and, you know, hopefully take Billy, you know, and his family and, you know, stuff like that for me is just more important than cornhole. No, I agree. And that's awesome. But so we, we see a little bit of streams of your live stream of you showing off the swamp waters and whatnot, but what is your practice routine? You know, I mean, like, like, do you just go out and throw a bunch of bags? Do you like to set up scenarios? Do you just like getting deck rounds in? Like, like, what do you think is your best practice routine? And, and how do you think that helps improve for players that are maybe looking for something to do? Yeah. So for me, practice, man, uh, I can only play outside here at my house. So like, I don't have the privilege of playing inside. Like I want to, but, uh, for me, deck arounds is, is good for like consistency. And like, you want to throw, like, if you could throw a hundred, like every time you could compete at any level, like what's the max for a 10 round, like 120. Yeah. yeah. So I've thrown like a one, like a one Oh eight or one Oh nine before or something like that. And uh, like my average right now in deck rounds is a hundred, a hundred point one. So like, but I didn't get the one the other day, of course, I wasn't going to put down my, I wasn't going to put down my thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, uh, but that's, I think deck rounds are like, cause like you want to be consistent, right? You want to be, you want to go hope for hope with a lot of people, but my game is you want to block too. So, 
after the deck rounds, I would do like <clears throat> blocks and then like wraparounds or like a bully bag. And then like, you know, I'll try some and ones and twos. You don't know. You don't ever know when you're going to need those. So um, for me, the deck rounds is like the number one thing I do. And then two is just try stuff like in-game situations. Like I'll, I'll take four bags on this side, but I'll only throw one. And then I'll go over here and throw one. And then like, I'll try to throw a blocker on this side and then airmail on this side, you know, like sure. I'm getting two and one at the same time. So I try to do like in-game situations and like, I'll keep score for myself. That's and, what Windsor uh, does. Windsor said he just plays himself. Yeah. Like so, yeah, I mean, that's just what I do. I mean, but to tell you the truth, man, I don't practice. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's what Cheyenne Renner says, too. She's like, I just go to blind draws. Yeah. So it was blind draws for me. And a lot of people did not like, a lot of people did not believe me when I told them I did not practice. And I'm like, man, I don't really just find time to practice. Like, I don't want to get my boards out and just throw. So, you know, I have my own board sponsor. Shout out to BKC, Jason Lyons. But um, he made me my first set of uh, boards uh, this year so, <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever owned. Oh, so that's funny. You know, um, I'll I'll bring those out every once in a while. And uh, but blind draws mainly for me, man. And and I've taken time off of blind draws through the week. And um, I'll go to where like I first started like the BFW in Hernando, Mississippi. And uh, that's where I first started. That's where I used to get my head thumped by Josh and Phil and, you know, just a couple of players down there. And and that's where I got good, man. And, you know, I try to give back as much as I can. And um, I try to go to where I started the most. And uh, the BFW is what has made me who I am today. So. So if you had to give one piece of advice to maybe a mid-advanced player, high-advanced player, someone that wants to go pro and maybe, like, isn't able to cross that echelon, like, what do you think – what have you seen the difference between the pros that you play and, like, a good advanced player? Like, what's holding a lot of them back? I would say the the crazy shots. Um, you cannot – so, like, you can't try the, the stuff that you want to try. Like somebody would try a roll bag every, like every blocker, you know, like there's only a certain amount of people who can do a roll bag every time. And um, your bags, are, you're not going to release it right or something. And you're going to go off the board. So you're almost going to give up three almost every time. Right. So for me, for me to tell somebody like the difference between a, a pro and then like advanced, like a lower, lower advanced, is consistency, man, and uh, I'm going to live by that because, I mean, yeah, you can go hope for hope with a lot of people, but there's going to be those times where they mess up, and if you can't, like, put it in the hole when they mess up, then you're not going to score anyways, right? So my thing is consistency, and um, that's that's what's got me to where I am now is, you know, I'm throwing – sometimes I'll throw – like two weekends ago, I threw a 10.5 PPR and I threw like 130 bags in a game and, um, and I won 21 to 15 and the other guy threw like a 10.25 and all we did, I didn't throw one blocker. 
So like I was just I was just going hoe for hoe with the guy, and uh, you know I got lucky enough to come out on top. He like when I missed, he would miss. See, is that you know? even so fun? It's it's really not. For, I was gonna say for like it's really not, rounds, and that's like, and that's not the game I play, and everybody yeah. knows that. Like I might do it for a couple rounds, but usually I'm landing a blocker, and then I'm going straight airmail. Mm. And um, that's just the game I play now. Is like the since I throw carpet and yeah. I don't throw my vipers no more. Is you know I'll block and I'll go straight airmail or try to you know if he misses his block behind me, I'll go to my row shot and you know hopefully I get lucky and or push. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, or push through or you know something. But yeah, hope for hoe is just well. That's man, what I thought because like yesterday. So like winning that. The ACL event. Yes, it's tier two. It's competitive. Anybody can see whatever they want. <laughs> it don't matter. So, it's a win. <laughs> yeah. So my my PPR, if you look at it, I was only like eighth in the event in PPR, but my DPR was first in the event, right? Because it was like every round I just went block triple airmail or like bro- yeah. block push double airmail because I was like, I would rather – I'm like, I'm, if I'm playing against a game changer guy, I'm not going to go hole for hole. Like that's literally no. all he knows how to do. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's a waste yeah, of so time. That's what I, I – so for me, I don't really look at my PPR because I know it's it's at times it's going to be low, right? Because I block an airmail. But like the thing you said, like the point differential, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. Mine was a negative 2.03 in that tournament. So like, <laughs> and I threw like a 9.53, but I'm scoring two points almost every round. So, oh, so you mean you were a positive 2.43? You were scoring two points around. Yeah, yeah. So not negative. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was like 2.03. Yeah. And, uh, like, I got it saved on my phone. I'm like, look at the point differential compared to what I'm throwing PPR-wise. Yeah. Like, these people could throw, like, like these people could throw, like, 11 through the whole tournament, and they don't win. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can well, throw no, that is true. Matt, Matt threw over an 11 in that open that he lost to Cheyenne Renner in the finals because, like, she started throwing blocks and he missed a couple airmails. I mean, it's that's just, what I'm saying. Like, <sighs> You can have those high PPRs, but like when you're when you're negative in like the point differential, you're not going to win anyways. Yeah, so I tell people that all the time. Like in my vlogs, I'll be doing a a thing afterwards, and I'm like, oh, I only shot an eight PPR this game, but my partner shot a seven. And I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't matter if you shoot an eleven PPR if you lose. Like, yeah, like no, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like it's just a and, and Anthony Aon, or uh, Ion said this too, where it's just like PPR is a cool number to like look at, but I think. Too many players that aren't good, like pros, focus on the number. And then if you talk to any pro, they're like, I mean, some pros are like, cool, shot a 10.5 this game. But any pro is like, I'd rather win. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a shit if I shoot an 8 or a 10. I'm gonna, I'd rather win. Yeah, like some people here, like in, like where I play a lot, they're like, man, I threw like a, a 10.5 that game. And I'm like, what, did you win? And they're like, no, nah, he beat me. I'm like. <laughs> like what's it matter like right. you lost <laughs> so it makes a good facebook post i shot a 10.5 and lost screw this game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is unfair like i can understand if you make like a post and like you shot like 11.6 like matt guy and then lose to a guy that shot like a 11.9 or something yeah, right. you, know? <laughs> you miss I three did. bags in a game they miss one <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like you know like the conference he beat damon dennis like he, matt threw like 11 point yeah, Damon shot like a 10 8 and lost like 21 to 4 or something. Yeah, like yeah, I'd be yeah. proud of that. Yeah, right. Like I'll take that loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I know. I, I think so. I remember seeing that post because someone commented and said, Damon Dennis' stats are nuts and he lost 21 to four. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 you know, Trey Birchfield played uh, Matt Guy in, uh, where was that? Cincinnati, the first, like yeah. one of the opens, and he threw like 11.2 and lost. Yeah. Like 21 to like 11 or something. No, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's such a, I mean, it's, again, it's a simple game. I was talking to Jimmy Humans on the podcast and I talked to him this weekend a bunch and stuff too. And he's, he's on the components of, you know, the game is chess, not checkers. He's like, he's <laughs> like, you know, if you can make, and, and I live by the motto that if you can make your opponent shots harder than your shots, then you'll win. Yeah. I, I live by, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So, like, you're going to – if you're throwing both – throwing high PPRs, it's a marathon, right? So, right. if you're going to play Matt and you and you do not shoot well, it's going to be a race <laughs> So or like a sprint. Yeah. So, it is it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I No, I like all that. And uh, so like this season, I guess, so 2022. So right now, obviously, you've done a couple ACL majors. You got one left on the docket. There's ACL Worlds. There's ACL Worlds. There's a couple more opens. What what does the rest of the season look like for you? You know, you're taking a little break now. When you get back in the fold, is it going to be a pretty powerhouse couple months? Or like, what have you been looking at for, you know, what what does the rest of the year look like? Yeah, so like that's the the main dark question, right? So uh, like people ask me all the time, like, what am I doing next year? So like. I, I want to answer that, and uh, but like the the rest of the season for me is I'll go to Vegas in a couple of weeks with uh, Josh Alday Glover, and uh, we'll compete in ACO. And uh, like I said, like earlier in the like earlier, uh, if I do good there, uh, my ACO uh, is done for the year. I won't catch any more opens or any more regionals, um, and I'll just show up to Worlds and you know, try to win King of Cornhole and, uh, and, uh, I'll go to my conferences and, uh, state tournament and, um, I'll try to catch a more, you know, local points like blind draws and stuff here at home. And, uh, I'll try to catch, you know, one more regional, I think tops me out. I think you can only get a thousand points in regionals and I'm at like 982 or something. So I'll try to top out there and, and uh, we'll see what happens next year. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, I mean, I know what I'm going to do, but. Um, you don't want to like jinx my, it yet. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. So, you know, I can only hope for the best and, um, you know, we'll go from there. And uh, well, do you want to shout out uh, any sponsors? Yeah, man. I'll uh, shout out to Billy, you know, Nello Bags. He makes some of the best, not the, you know, some of the best. In, in my eyes, the best bags, like, in the game, uh, everybody has their own opinion. Uh, but shout-out to Billy. His turnarounds is awesome, you know, custom bags or whatever. Shout-out to him. Uh, BKC Boards, uh, Jason Lines, you know, he makes custom boards. They're, they're tournament ready, no bounce. Uh, he he can put anything on the on the board. It's his, his, uh, his work is amazing. And um, – Shout out to Triple Crown. <laughs> my, those are my guys, dude. Uh, you know, I was their first ever sponsored player. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for those guys. You know, Mark, JR, and Brian, they contacted me on my way home from uh, Triple Crown, my very first Triple Crown event. And uh, they gave me the the okay to be a sponsored player by them. And, you know, I'm very grateful for them. I'm very grateful for, you know, 
all my sponsors, I wouldn't be where I am today being so successful. And, uh, you know, my number one sponsor, uh, is my wife. (laughs) Gotta give her a (laughs) shout out, man. Yeah. She does all my live feeds and, uh, everybody loves her. And, um, if it wasn't for her, man, I wouldn't be able to play it all anyway. So shout out to her and, um, you know, shout out to you for giving me the chance to be on the broadcast. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, being back out there and, you know, after I get my mind right and take a little break and, uh, we'll see where I end up at the end of the year. Oh yeah, man. Well, we all look forward to, uh, I mean, meeting you in person and hang out with you and stuff. I know maybe not a lot of people know your name, but I think you're definitely coming. I think we'll be seeing you soon. So look forward to seeing you have success in the future. I definitely think that, uh, you're getting your mind in the right spot and like, you're starting to have a lot of really good results and that's only going to lead to more and more things coming in the future. So, well, really appreciate you coming by to stop by. I think it's cool talking to somebody that, you know, is on the ACL front, really like trying to grind out the ACL front as well as, you know, growing as a player and just like traversing the world of Cornell as it is in the current day today. Uh, you know, shout out to Nola bags. I really wanted to get you on the podcast to make sure I got Billy some time in the limelight too. Cause he really deserves the, uh, you know, the recognition for all the cool stuff that he's doing uh, with Nola. But, uh, you know, it was really fun, uh, really fun having you on the podcast. Good luck in uh, the ACO major in Vegas, as well as Worlds for both ACL and ACO. Uh, oh, hopefully you don't have to do the gauntlet, but if you do, you're definitely going 6-0. <laughs> no. Easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, but, but yeah, man, I appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, everybody listening, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day and rest of your week, and I'll catch you guys in next week's episode. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you.